0: My ping is a little bit better today. It is. It's a lot better today. Yeah, yeah, I just noticed that. Uh, based on our clapping, I was like, wow, there's like a half a millisecond or half a half a second missing from my my lag, which is pretty good cuz normally it's about almost a full second.
1: So maybe your computer fire overheating you like <laughs> was a god. <godsend.
0: laughs> it was like I got it. I'm just going to fucking you, dis- destroy do you. Do you turn off your computer? Uh, i do so so right now my macbook is on its last leg it is i've had it since 2013 wow and it is uh it has had banana in
2: it it has oh my god the classic story (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's some lore right there we should we'll we'll save that for another time uh we've had we've had banana in it it's had water spilled on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. Uh, yeah, what else? Um, you're, are you clumsy?
1: No, I, I just think <laughs> I, I,
0: <laughs> I think I think Uh, out of my entire life average, it is average clumsiness, right? I think we're at like average levels of clumsy. I think Vis- you're
1: I think you're above average. Like in every way else, many <laughs> that you're like above average, you're above average. <laughs> well, I uh, I resemble. I don't Adamark, think Andres so. is clumsy. Ooh. No, I think he's I, just a really... stagnant creature. I don't know. I don't think I've seen <laughs> whenever I'm with Andres, he's very much sloth-like and doesn't really move yeah. when I'm watching. He moves like after. Oh he's my god, sloth-like. He's like the fucking angels in Doctor Who.
0: Dude, I haven't seen Doctor Who, but I imagine it's not. It's
1: not. It's fine. It's fine.
0: It's like what one of the longest running television. It had shows?
1: eight seasons back when TV was black and white, and then they did like a. They stopped making it, and then they had like a soft reboot where like those seasons were still canon, I guess. But like you can just ro- watch from the new parts. Mm-hmm. And I had a, I had a friend, and she would always be like, "I have to watch things from the very beginning," and I'm like, "Well, you don't need to do that." She goes, "I just will never watch the show because." I'm like, well, that's you're not really losing either way. I guess
3: you're fine. There's like (laughs) some good parts.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing is that
0: you you can't watch the entire show because they lost a whole bunch of old Doctor Who episodes. Because BBC, yeah, BBC used to rewrite over their tapes.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) BBC didn't have Craig on their recordings. (laughs) Nah,
2: so it's pretty wild. Was just trying to save fucking money. (laughs) <laughs>
3: that's insane. yeah
0: yeah it's pretty crazy i've like i've I, i've gone on lost media kicks where like i'll watch a bunch of youtube videos about like you know this one anime episode that's like missing or like this one dub that's missing or something that's cool. and uh and the doctor who one consistently gets brought up really i had no
1: idea that's interesting well for an explanation of in doctor who there's the weeping angels I think they're called and they're basically these statues that can like somehow, somehow they kill you, it doesn't really make sense how they kill you in my opinion, they think they like they suck away your soul or whatever, but they only move when you're not looking and mm. so like it's a cool idea of like their camera moves and like it's there and it's like oh jump scares you know on a TV show but there's definitely like a part where like if you just have two people, you can just be like alright, keep your eyes open for like 10 seconds I'm gonna blink and I'll go, or I'll just like alternate blinking and it'll never really get me but there's a part where like it can if even you're watching it and you're trying to get it to move on like a a video recorder like everyday recording it'll come out of the tv and i'm like all right that seems a bit excessive that may (laughs) be them saying like we don't know how to write this like
0: (laughs) (laughs) it might just be them uh you know elaborating on this you know satirical meta analysis about media culture too
1: yeah i mean (laughs) that's what i said when i was 14 watching it (laughs)
2: <laughs> and I confirmed can steal your soul if you don't look at me
1: <laughs> exactly. there's a, one more part about Dr. I want to bring up and how shitty it is because he has like the little like it's called the sonic screwdriver which is basically the deus ex machina tool where like mm-hmm. once they write themselves into a corner they don't know how to get out there's a part where like they need to run away so he points it at a wall and then makes like a freaking like 3 by 3 wall A hole in the wall, and they crawl through it, and then the bad guy's gonna crawl through it, and he just points at it again, and then the wall's back to normal, and it's like, what happened? Like, what? How did that work? And it just like he never uses the power again. It's very like JoJo in that (laughs) aspect of like Star Platinum does this ability and it's very powerful, but he'll never use it it. (laughs) again. And it's just like, oh, it would be usually like
2: one moment per part where that happens. (laughs) I always remember that one.
1: (laughs) I'm just like wow, he can do that, and it's like Starfinger. Starfinger. That's the
2: one everybody likes to point out. G
1: Gundam had one where um, he, the main character, can doesn't attack with his right hand, and then like they the the guy blocks it. He goes left hand, and then he he kills him with the left, (laughs) and it works. And there's another one like he like makes clones of himself, and he makes like a sword out of energy, and like never it's just once an episode he gets a new power. That never comes up again.
0: <laughs> that's a. Uh, I'm so behind on my JoJo. I think I'm on part three. Wait. Wait. So is. is I got an, this, Andres. It's, it's, it's Phantom Blood, right? Is is the first part? Yes, that's part or, yes. Uh, is Or is the next part also part of the first part? Because I know that there's a time break and then there's, it goes
1: to. There's a time break every time? Oh, is it? Let's shut up and let Andres talk.
0: Are you talking about
2: season <laughs> or the anime specifically?
0: I am. I am specifically talking about okay. the anime.
2: Season one is part one and part two.
0: Okay. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Then I'm yeah. then I'm on part four. I I have yet to watch part four.
2: Which is where I hear three? it
0: really. What's up?
2: You watched all of part three.
0: Does Does part three also have is Does part three? Oh just, my god! It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Does does it have his later half of his life too? Where there, I'm assuming it's
2: yeah, is that also? Part it's three? when he's okay. Or it, it's when he's like an older an old man. man. Yeah, he, he comes part back four. In he's part also four, part four.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm aware he's in part four. No, then I am halfway through part three.
2: Okay, <laughs> I'm like part three is uh, very long, so that's why I was wondering.
1: <laughs> part three, but isn't every single part longer than the last?
2: Mm, no. No? Not really. Part, and I we telling talking like 100 part chapters. Part four is the... Damn. Part one is super short. Yes. Part two is a little bit longer, but still relatively short. Part three is pretty long, like maybe double the length of part one at least. Part yeah. four, I believe, is the longest if I... Uh, part five is about part three length, like it's still pretty long. Uh, part six, I think, is kind of long. I don't remember, and part part seven is very. It's kind of misleading because, at least in manga form, like parts three through. Six or at least like 150 chapters approximately.
1: I have the chapters right here
2: if you're ready. But part seven is like only a hundred and something, but it also is from a monthly manga. So they are longer chapters.
1: Part one is 44 chapters. Part two is 69. Nice. Part three is 152. Part four is 174, which is the longest. Part five is 155, part six, 158, and then part seven, at the time of this writing, which was five years ago, is like 95 chapters? <laughs> uh,
2: um, that sounds about right,
1: yeah. Yeah. But also, like you were saying, Andres, part seven has 24 volumes, because it's monthly and it has a bigger chapter lengths. Yeah. Uh, and part four has 18
2: yeah. volumes. Part Part seven is the best.
1: I I got to the part four where he fights. They beat red Hat chili peppers, and I I always want to go back. I always do because everyone loves it, and I know it's good. I just I
2: don't know what not everybody loves part four, from what I've heard. But
1: I thought part four was a lot of people's favorites.
0: Yeah, that's what I heard too. I heard I I heard part four was well the latter half of part three. I hear people talk about a little bit, and then part four. And then part five too. I mean, like I've I've heard a lot of people talk about three, four, and five, in particular. But I don't know if yeah. that's just where.
2: That's the core where if you hear people talking about JoJo, it's usually those three. Um, part five is probably like the sleeper hit. Apparently, it's like su- it was super popular in Japan, but didn't really quite hit in overseas. Mm. until probably the anime. I don't I haven't really heard about the reception of the dub or anything.
1: I have a fandomspot.com has a list of a uh, rankings of them all. Do you want to hear those? Sure. Okay. I didn't know they are like 1 through 3 is a trilogy and so 4 through 6 is its own kind of trilogy. Is that true? Yes. Okay, I didn't know. Oh. That makes so sense they they say... on
0: the manga collections.
1: The worst one is part one, Phantom Blood, which I think is kind of universally agreed upon. Like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's fine, but like, it's not terrible.
2: I, I really like it because it reminds me of the cheesy Golden Age comics. Like, mm-hmm. just, mm, yeah, some, yeah it's really, that. it's really fun. Just like. I
1: love the art in it. It's really goofy at times. Yeah.
2: Joseph is basically just like old Captain America. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, eat yeah, your yeah, vegetables, yeah. kids. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Number seven out of eight is part three, which surprises me honestly. Yeah, um, uh, better than that one is Stone Ocean, part six. Part six. Part two is number five at Tennessee. Part two, I remember Alex saying was his favorite, and I was like, okay, this is. I didn't. Alex, I thought really people liked part, part three. two. Uh, I just. It's part, good. I like part it. three. I, I, is I, kind
2: of long, so it kind of drags. So I can understand, but people, it's the introduction of like what of people like Mon- understand JoJo yeah. as.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It seems. It seems like it really shifted its image yes. in that 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 arc.
3: That arc. the
1: the last fights for part two. I don't know what happened. I just kept reading, but I was not comprehending things that were going on i like just there was very very confusing uh number four is part four, and then top three is part five and then part seven and then part eight
2: that is kinda wild because <laughs> I feel like I feel like part eight is probably gonna dip a little bit in rating once it's done and people can read it in full because it's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this was written... Is there a timestamp on this? Didn't you Come say five ca- years ago?
2: This is a different one.
1: <laughs> oh, got it. Um, yeah, there's no timestamp on this, which is a sign of bad journalism in my opinion.
2: My favorite yeah. is by far Part 7. My like other... Guilty. If I had to rank mine, it would be part seven, part four, Mm -hmm. and then right underneath Mm -hmm. it, part five. You could probably swap those two. And then mm, part three, part eight, damn, six. Two one. two
1: one. I'm seeing on this other this is another a Reddit forum again. People have eight, four, and seven up in the top a lot. Hmm. Um everyone has number one other worst one. Oh no. Someone has here that parts one and three are equal to them, which is wild to me.
0: Yeah, part uh, three part three is in my opinion way, way better.
1: Part three's one. fun. Part three yeah, is just yeah. a road trip. It is. It feels like such a. Didn't he say like he got lonely, so he wanted to draw something of like these people going on a road trip and having fun together or something? That's
0: cute as fuck. It's adorable.
2: Yeah, I mean, like when I was first reading part three, I definitely felt like, oh my god, this is so long. But then, like, yeah at at the end, it was just like, oh my god, like, um. I'm heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> I Which guess is...
1: I, the part I stopped at part four is right before the big parts of, that lead to the d- trilogy. That's probably why I was like, okay, I'm not really getting it. And also, again, I told Andres, I read it part one, part two, part three, all back to back. And then starting part four, I was like, this is exhausting. Like This is too much. And then it, I, you hate, you start to hate Joseph. Joseph's like, he's kind of <laughs> shitty. And I'm just like, oh, man, I don't want to hate these characters.
0: I mean, we were already sort of hating on them to begin with. The beginning of uh, the beginning of part three. So I think it's. Uh,
1: but part um, part four, this is spoilers, right? He sure. you, you finally like cheats on his wife and he has like another kid. And it's like the main character. And you're just like this sucks. Like, what the hell? Like, why are you doing this to our like beloved Joseph Joestar? And he's just like, oh, that's how it is. And it's like, I guess
2: he's always kind of like a goof though he's a goof it's like
1: like a woman cheater
2: yeah but when i heard that it's just like that kind of makes sense (laughs) yeah
1: it's also believable it is
0: i mean it was sort of it was sort of in character for him no i mean like he was extremely promiscuous i mean this is this is going into ethics land here but he was he was very popular with the women uh in the beginning of part three and that was sort of part of his character
1: no
2: yeah i mean i'd
1: i'd bang joseph just yeah
2: (laughs) he's just kind of a goof and very full of himself so it just seemed about
0: right like (laughs) Mm -hmm. man, we're gonna have to have a we're gonna have to have a jojo podcast episode (laughs) and a monogatari podcast (laughs) episode
2: Oh, don't you worry about Monogatari. That <laughs> I I know several hints for that. That that, <laughs> that I will probably take eventually.
1: That's gonna be so wild, man. It's it, gonna... I guess before we start with yours, have do you have like a few you're like ready to drop of like for next recommendations? I was thinking, I'm like, I have like nothing. <laughs> really? Do I have much? Like I do and I don't like they're all like just like reading most of it. I realize I read a lot more than I do. I don't want to give you guys a podcast because all my podcasts are like. I guess I could. You can but, give, like, you can give us another reading thing
0: if you were reading something.
1: I, I was like, I want to do. I was thinking like, what what else could I do? At one point, I was like, Do I go? We have to write jokes and try doing like a type five on podcast. And I was like, I would hate doing it. I don't want them doing that sounds, it. it.
2: That sounds, sounds awesome. Terrible. But then I, I was like, that. I
1: I probably do need this this push to do more things, and I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm just glad I'm, I have I have ideas, and I'm just like I don't know. And Andre's was like I have multiple ends. was <laughs> like oh shit! i just, oh no one does Andre's podcast because he has my ideas. I just
2: think yeah, a lot I, don't, I don't have about various things. I'm wearing a hint on something I would recommend to. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs>
0: I definitely don't have anything lined up immediately. Um, I do have ideas, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing another, you know, another reading based one. Uh, mm-hmm. I did two sound things in a row, right? Like one was doing sound and one is, and listening to sound. And this one is uh, listening to music. So it's not really, not too different. Yeah. Um, lean in, Lean into things you like. If you really like that weird ass fortune cookie thing you learned about, do that. <laughs> do some do something weird, who cares? That's my example. About? That's my that's my weird example.
1: Make fortune Reading, cookies. I'm mean, going to make fortune you, cookies.
0: Yeah, making specifically making the the shitty fortunes inside of fortune cookies. Oh, that'd be really funny.
1: Have to write a fortune for people.
0: It sounds like an opening improv skit.
1: It 100% sounds like an opening improv skit. It also sounds like if no matter what you write, someone is going to come up with that dumb bullshit because it needs to be so little words. <laughs> etc
0: etc yeah yeah well speaking of uh weird improv shit let's get into the episode um Mm. so i was extremely excited to to share this because not only do i love this sort of stuff but i also know one of the people who recorded this album super Um, cool yeah, 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 and so I've been, and I've been working with them a tiny bit, so I feel really lucky. And I was like, you know what, I need to like put their music on, on a not on a pedestal, but I need to put it out there so other people learn about it. And I was really excited to share this with you. Um, so I guess I I just sort of want to start with like opening thoughts. Like, what did you both think of it? It's like super out there, right? So,
1: so I'm really mm-hmm. curious as to as to your impressions. Uh, I'll go first. Um, uh, the the first one is the one that stuck out to me the most. It, it feels like uh, just exactly chaos. Like It feels exactly like there is stuff happening, but it's not chaos in the fact of like it's too much at the one time. But like it gives me the feeling of like when I'm if I was like playing a video game, a lot of this came up. Like playing a video game, I would be listening to this during like a big fight like a big just like i had to kill like a hundred zombies as in Don, devil may cry and like just <laughs> doing all these things and pulling out all the tricks from my hat that's what it felt like to me so just a lot of that energy of like things have to be going on at one time but not so much that it's like overwhelming
0: mm-hmm. yeah i totally get that and and for the record for listeners we're talking about on common ground which is a album by mike Sopko, bill laswell and taishan Sori. um and alexia was referencing upward collapse which is the first track off that album um did you have any other thoughts like so so that's your impression of the first track but like what was your did you have like a general vibe like what were you yeah were i i would um uh,
1: i listened to while i was working uh, i was doing like yard work and stuff it was i guess that's like my big main relationship of it where i felt like it was music you can listen to but it wasn't Overwhelming at times. Like I, I did. It was like when I listened to it, I felt it, and I could. It, I don't know if I could feel like a certain thing, as I was so focused on my work. But that was like mm-hmm. the middle of the time. I the other time like while driving and stuff. Like I would put on a song and then like finish my drive because it's a fifty minute song, a fifty minute drive. Um. <laughs> so I, it, it wasn't anything. I don't know. I don't know if I have anything too powerful to say about it. Besides, just like it felt like it was feeling a, a subtle energy to me of like just able to focus more and like not let my mind uh wander
0: yeah that's super interesting um andres what did uh what was your vibe
2: uh i really liked it uh a lot of the like tones of the instruments reminded me of music that i really liked so that really helped me digest things uh Mm -hmm. Like a lot of my notes are just kind of comparing it to bands that I'm familiar with or like in some capacity. So it was a lot of fun listening to it. I mainly listened to it in the car on my way home and I was able to listen to it on my decent headphones this morning while Mm -hmm. I was taking notes to make sure I have something on record to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> a classic, uh, yeah. classic. Yeah, I mean, um, I really liked a lot of it. Uh, I don't know if I should get too specific quite yet, but... Uh, we'll, we'll
0: dive more into it a little later. Yeah, but you yeah. Can keep going. Go, go ahead.
2: Uh, you know the drummer, or...?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know the <clears throat> drummer, Taishan okay. Sori. Yeah,
2: yeah. It it made me realize that I know s- very little about drumming, so like all my <laughs> notes about the drums are just like, "Damn, this is incredible." <laughs> like, <laughs> but I have like no sort of insight on like what he's doing at all. It's just like, "Damn, this this sounds." good as hell
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the that's uh there are a couple of things i want i could say about that but one uh you're right like that that <laughs> that reaction is a very uh good representation of his playing he's sort of like i mean i'm gonna i'm trying not to let this episode turn into like the taishan sorry fangirl episode but <laughs> 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 we're <laughs> We'll we'll see how how well that goes. But he's he's a great musician, great composer. Um and I the first time I heard his playing ever, I had exactly that impression. I was like, I I don't know what the fuck is going on, but that was cool. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I vibe with that hundred percent. Um yeah. Yeah, that's interesting that uh what uh I mean we can dig a little bit more into this later as well, but what was your impression listening to it in the car versus headphones since you said you, you got to listen to it a couple of different ways?
2: Um, I I mean, the main thing about listening to it in the car was just kind of feeling the different vibes. Like, I could tell that it kind of... It's almost like cut in half where the first two songs are very like the, I'll say the first two songs are kind of their own thing. And then the last three are a lot more atmospheric at times,
3: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
2: but uh, listening on headphones definitely enhance the experience for the last three and just in general as is for most music I find. But um, yeah, that it, really helped fill in some things that get cut off just from the ambient noise outside your car.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I had a I had a very similar experience when I was re-listening to this album. Um so for the for the record, I actually listen to like most of <laughs> most of this kind of music when I'm showering, which is sort of weird. Um it's <laughs> like when I it's like that's the time when i digest music for some reason uh but i listen off of my phone uh so you can imagine how much is lost when i'm listening over phone speakers uh so for the couple of times the couple of uh times i first listened to it when i was actually like trying to understand what the album was about the songs that left the biggest impression to me or the the tracks were tracks one and two. Um, Mm -hmm. and those happen to be some of the louder tracks. So I think, uh, I think that speaks Mm -hmm. to what you're saying Andres. is like, um, I, I'm pretty sure that I think actually the first time I listened to this album all the way through, uh, with headphones was like two days ago. (laughs) So I feel that for sure. (laughs) yeah so it was a completely different experience uh so up until two days ago i lost so much of like the the subtlety that was in uh like for example in the beginning of most of these tracks there's sort of like this quiet electronic drone yeah
2: like the synth right
3: Mm -hmm,
0: yeah it's super crazy uh i never noticed it until two days ago and i was like that's so strange (laughs) uh but yeah so so that's how i digested it um which is why i was curious cuz mainly digesting it through cell phone it like sort of sort of framed my preference for the album in a certain way um but we, we can talk about that more later cuz there's actually a point i'd like to bring up about that but um but yeah i mean just getting further into why i was really excited about this album um i mean you both know i like crazy shit right (laughs) so this album definitely fits inside of that space um it has a lot of improvisation which uh, i partake in a lot it has uh some interesting like collective composition stuff happening some like more compositional things uh it's noisy as hell which is very nice um and certain tracks are really loud which i also appreciate Mm-hmm.
2: Um, just a so quick I... question yeah what's up is, is this all improvised or I, that's what I was trying to figure out because that was the vibe I was getting but...
1: there's so... moments where it, it feels like it's but again as the least music inclined here, there's moments where it feels like it is written or I don't know if that's just like three people finding a good vibe with each other and it just feels like rehearsed almost
0: yeah so so there's like a that question there is like a shit ton to unpack there and fortunately <laughs> for us i prepped for that <laughs> so yeah. we can yeah yeah we can talk about that so so i alexi i think you're right on both of those fronts yeah yeah
1: damn i'm good
0: <laughs> yeah you're a genius dude um it's true on uh i think you're right on both of those parts there are times where both of those things are happening. Um, or either one of those things are happening, but to really dive into like why that's true, uh, we're going to need to go through some background. Um, and I think that the, doing this background, uh, explanation is actually a really good way of explaining what I really, really, really like about this album, which is, um, in the grand scheme of like noise and improvisation uh, or what we would call like free improvisation or free jazz, um, these types of genres, right? In this landscape of music, there really isn't an album that does what this album does. And I think that it really ties in to their backgrounds because this album is very much like a meeting of very talented musical minds with wildly different backgrounds all coming together and creating like this synthetic space of different genres and different feels and different aesthetics. And I think that it's a, it does that really, really well. Um, For example, like in listening, did you ever get like a rock vibe or like a funk vibe at Mm -hmm. all?
2: Yes. Yes. Red hot chili peppers is in my notes.
0: (laughs) exactly exactly there's a there's like a a lot of that in there but then i mean think about just how the album starts with the first song it starts with like this very chaotic sort of free improvisation feeling like this Mm -hmm. this noisy improv um so like to go from that to like a post-rock sort of thing where like there's like an ending to a song and you have these crashes and like sort of stereotypical mm-hmm. drum fill things yeah um,
1: i i i that was one thing I noticed a lot too. the drums felt and everything the drums did made me feel exactly I think what they wanted me to feel like this is the ending, like in that first one, that's why I liked it so much i I, mm-hmm. I also was that was one of the one that kind of kept going back to was i would i like I like that ending of like the drums are just kind of like making me feel like the journey was coming to a close
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. there's like a lot of that feeling in here, um and And we'll dive more into specific tracks in a little bit uh but that that meshing of like genre space is what is one of the main reasons I love this album so much um so before we get into the background of the three musicians, I'm curious if either of you looked up anything about them do you ever mm-hmm. find anything? do you know anything about any of them
1: i'll, I'll get up front i was very this is a very chaotic week for me. This is my first <laughs> job interview this week of like so like tons of stuff yeah. going on and I was just like okay I I just took a back seat so no I didn't get too much.
0: No no that's fine. I'm you got to do what you got to do, you know? You got to get that
2: coin. Uh this morning I looked at or I was just kind of curious, so I looked at everybody's Spotify page and I hmm. saw that uh, uh which one is it? I think it's Mike Shinoda? Yeah, Mike Shinoda. <laughs> Bill Laswell's Spotify biography is like super extensive. And I didn't read all of it, but like compared to the other two, that's just like, this is what they're into or whatever. Tyshawn Sorey's is also pretty longer, but like, mm-hmm. but Mike Sopko's is nothing, it is literally <laughs> nothing. But Bill Laswell's was just like so long, and it's like, "Oh, this dude's been around for a while
0: yeah there's like that's that's one of the really interesting dynamics of this album um so to put that into perspective a little bit, so Mike Sopko is the guitarist on this album uh Bill Laswell is the bassist and sort of like producer of of most of this album, and Tosh Sorry is like the drummer, and uh a lot of the from my understanding, does a lot of the compositional work on this album. Um, but Cause Bill Lass- that's well, what I was, was trying
2: pl- to figure out when I was looking up, like just who played each instrument. <laughs> so-
0: <laughs> yeah, it's super. I mean, that's one of the things with like improvisation and like quote unquote like experimental or new music space is like People do so many different things and it's really hard to tell what's happening <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, so Bill Laswell is, I'll start off with him because he's the oldest, from my understanding. He's born in 1955 and hes he's been through the block a lot. He's a, he, I think he does have the most extensive background. He's not from um, around
1: the block, he's been through the block? Damn. He's been through guys. the block much wilder than i've ever been in my entire life
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's gone through cinder block uh 55 quite, you said uh sixty. yeah 1955 so he's like 66 wow. good for him yeah i mean you would be surprised a lot of the musicians in this like type of scene they're playing like crazy fucking music until they're like 90 something like until they die basically
1: Pretty much. something that always sticks with me manny When once i was like I was asking, like, how does your like, like, what is your career path supposed to look like, et cetera, et cetera? Because I really don't understand at all how it is. And you said to me, more than likely, I'll be making music my entire life, be dirt poor. And then when I die, I'll get some recognition. And I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I got real. And I don't know if that's still true or that I was like a great joke you did or whatever. But I was... in my head, I'm always like, yeah, poor man he's going to die <laughs> <laughs> before anything happens.
3: It always uh... makes me
1: sad to think about
0: i mean it's true (laughs) many years later uh that sentiment is very much still a reality for a lot of people Um, manny
1: was eight years old when he told me that
2: that's a saying for (laughs) architects honestly yeah
0: (laughs) yeah i mean that's the interesting thing about like art and also like i mean we we have to have i know i know this is probably totally out of the realm of this podcast but well, we have to have an architecture episode on dress. We have to. <laughs>
3: mm. If you
0: don't do it, I'm gonna do
2: it.
1: <laughs> oh, I'll do it too. Honest, you can't sit in.
2: <laughs> I can. Uh, <laughs> I feel. <laughs> should, I feel like we should they have would a need podcast? to like. Have. about the
1: about everyone else's like sp- like favorite past specialties and passions but not <laughs> include the other person like me and i just do like a big noise,
3: <laughs> noise yeah. music podcast. You, can hang.
1: you guys talk about like d and d for like three hours and like i think this is and i'm just like i think all of us would be like i really appreciate my friends tried doing this but i hope they never do it again <laughs> that's a
0: that's a brilliant idea we we'll run with that because i think it would be cool to like have half of the episode be like people trying to do this one thing. It's sort of like this, mm-hmm. but like people are trying to do this one thing and then like fucking it up completely. Second person comes in the second half reacting to it and like responding and is like, yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. they were thinking this or that, or like, you know, doing a little bit of, of investigative work there.
1: I think that would be cool. I don't know. We should do it. I'm just, what you say. I'm so sorry. I interrupted to make <laughs> my amazing idea.
2: Uh, in terms of an architecture episode, we'd need to, like, have Manny here in California and we could, like, do oh, an architecture tour because you really need to experience it to be able to actually talk about architecture, unfortunately. I just really don't have enough
1: Roman pillars in, in all of the homes now. I think more Roman pillars is my key takeaway for architecture.
2: I literally got a little triggered when you said
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I need more meditation uh pond architecture. I need those like Ooh. those like flat water pond. I don't know. I this is this is how the architecture podcast will go. It'll be this me exactly physically de-
1: physically describing the thing cuz I don't know the name. <laughs> can you hear my hands moving audience? Can you hear my hands moving?
2: Yeah, I mean, I can Next time you're planning on coming out here, I can plan something where we can is... do some architecture tourism. That is really, really cute, to. honestly. It would be, be really cute, but,
0: cute, but don't do it if you don't want to do it. You know, don't do it if you're not like if it ain't the thing that needs to be sussed out. You know,
2: I mean, believe it or not, even outside of work, I still do love architecture. <laughs> I I went to Vegas. Last or two weekends ago, I don't even remember how long it's been.
0: It was Fourth of July, right?
2: Yeah, and uh, uh, all I could really (laughs) pay attention to were various details on like, cause in casino floors and stuff like that. So I'm still very (laughs) much into architecture, even Roman
0: pillars. A lot of Roman pillars out there. Not
2: Roman pillars. I'm I'm very much still in it, despite be only talking about how much I am tired of working. But
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that's I good digress. to know. Well, yeah, that's good to know. We'll we'll put that in our back pocket for a, for a rainy day episode for sure. Um, oh my god, we got in such a tangent. Okay, <laughs> so anyway, back to this album. Yeah, back to the thing we were supposed to talk about today. Um so Bill Laswell is the oldest I I would say like oldest and most uh I I don't think this is controversial to say in in the scene that they all exist in but I would say he's like one of the most seasoned um probably the most seasoned uh musician on this album um his background is like extremely diverse uh so he was born in 1955. Uh he's a guitarist, a bassist, uh an improviser, composer, and notably a producer. He uh he started his own like record label and started doing a lot of production work. Um but he grew up listening to like some notable progressive jazz musicians like John Coltrane, Albert Eiler, Miles Davis. Um so two of those folks are like really mainstream jazz people uh from the from the like forties and thirties. But so so he's sort of like a jazz guy, right? He moved to New York City in the 1970s. And essentially, when you go, I mean, there's like a, a common cliche in the music scene uh, industry where when you uh you go to New York City and you sort of blend into the melting pot of like musical culture where like everything is happening at the same time. Um so he became really enamored with like Uh, this probably isn't the right term, but like mixed genre music. So like uh, having music that has a lot of different genres in it. Um, And in particular, the no wave scene. uh, So there's a lot of no wave influence. So um, a couple of no wave. So Alexi, are you familiar with no wave? My question was, that
1: was gonna be my question.
0: So, so no wave, uh, no wave as a genre is sort of, <laughs> is is sort of funny because it's it's sort of a counter culture genre in a lot of ways. It mixes punk rock, uh, jazz, um, experimental and ambient music, uh, uh, electronic music. It has like a lot of these melting points, and so uh a couple of names I wanted to point out here. I so I don't really think I put Brian Eno here because he 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 worked with Brian Eno a bit, but um i'm not sure if i would say brian you know is sort of a no wave person but there was also folks like fred frith who's a very notable free improviser sort of free jazz person uh john zorn who is a experimental composer improviser free jazz no wave person uh daniel ponce who's the same uh and a bunch of other people i actually don't know (laughs) uh but so so he's really involved with the no wave scene, um, and so I think that these things sort of set the preface for his musical activities. And what I mean by that is, I think he he was like really interested in a shit ton of different genres uh, that were very diverse. Um, he his production uh, company, like his record label, oversaw. Uh, the production of music from Sly and Robbie, which is like a dub and reggae duo, um, Africa Bombata, uh, which is a notable name, but I don't really know. Um, what rock, they do rock
2: planet rock. rock
0: Hey, thank you. That's <laughs> uh, a good fucking name.
1: Bambada, yeah, that's a that's a rad fucking name.
0: It's a rad fucking name. Uh, Bernie Warwell, I'm not familiar with. Blind Idiot God, which I'm pretty sure is like a rock group. (laughs) Um, Henry Threadgill, who's like an amazing uh, experimental composer uh, performer. What was it again? Can I hear what we're talking before that one? Blind Idiot God.
1: God, so great. (laughs) It's such a good (laughs) name.
0: It's such a good name.
1: Uh, I think. Do you remember uh, a friend of ours? He was in a band called Shit Wizard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that one, I was like, "That's a great name." I want to see them perform, and I never did.
0: Yeah, well, that's the way it goes with those types of bands. I think.
1: <laughs> um, I, I was about to Google it, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> maybe <laughs> an incognito.
0: Like, yeah, yeah, do an incognito search. Um, but yeah, Henry Threadgill. Which, for for the for the composition heads listening, uh, Henry Threadgill is an amazing composer. You should check them out. But to have Henry Threadgill next to sly and robbie who's like a a pretty notable dub reggae duo and the final person on this list that i put down buckethead Mm -hmm. um who's like an experimental uh like progressive rock guitarist uh who's worked with like serge tankian from system of down and all these other people um it's like a such an eclectic group of people And, and normally you would think that this might happen in like certain record labels and certain companies, and it does, but I don't think it has this wide of a berth. Um frequently in like the record industry. I could be very wrong about that, but um I think that because this in particular is his production company, uh this is sort of a really good representation of the the space that he that Bill Laswell likes to exist in. Um so, as a creator slash composer and performer, he works in the ambient music scene, jazz, uh, free jazz, and free improvisation, uh dub, which is like a a very interesting offshoot of like reggae, um, fusion, funk, and quote unquote world music uh, <laughs> I put that in quotes because world music is a fucking scam of a genre yeah. but we We could have an episode on that. <laughs>
2: uh <laughs> usa equivalent to world music is folk music
1: <laughs> i'll sit out i'll sit <laughs> out for that one. you can bring in someone else <laughs> no no no. we don't need to um can we you, you can, can i it. can i just talk about shit wizard real quick
0: yeah hit the shit wizard shit
1: shit wizard had a release um june 7th 2018 and then three years later on june 7th 2021 they released two songs Nice. One song is uh, Shet Plague Fecal Vomit. Amazing name. Which is an album. And then they had another album called Fure, Pube Freebaser," Which is another six songs. One song is five seconds. Called okay. Death Beer 4. This is amazing.
2: Is this just like a hardcore band? Dude? Um, it's a... Yeah? They're like,
0: they're, uh, from my understanding, it's like a mix of like hardcore metal like like uh synth wave and uh sort of just like noise. I think it's not a. I don't think that that's a very conscious decision. <laughs>
3: but
0: <laughs> but that's like that's if you say that to any musician ever, that's like a big insult. <laughs>
1: so, that's a huge insult.
0: <laughs> it's like uh yeah, yeah yeah. So I'm gonna take that back and say uh I'm gonna listen to your music, by your Bandcamp album. Don't worry, I got you. Um, but. Yeah, that's those are good names. Uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start a a group called Toilet Fairies. We'll uh, the... I'm gonna go through the I'm gonna go through the album
1: names here. Uh, from shit, playing Pico vomit, which I'm trying to listen to a little bit is um, click grinder, sharding human remains, jizz, just jizz, Uh Asphimonis attack, death beer three. So I'm assuming there must be one and two because we know there's four. Acidic Urinator and then Creature of Darkness.
0: Maybe the, the shortest. The shortest <laughs> song is like.
1: seven seconds, and the longest song is two twenty-four.
2: That sounds like some offshoot of hardcore. But <laughs> I yeah, know.
0: I mean, wait, what, how short was their shortest song?
1: Uh, Deathbeard three, I'm to it right now.
0: No, no, how short was it?
1: <laughs> seven seconds.
0: That's grind. That's grindcore level shit. For sure. Um Yeah, that's cool. Those are some good names.
1: They're great. Uh, I'm loving all this.
0: Maybe they should just release their (laughs) fuck, I'm taking so many stabs at them right now. I was gonna say maybe maybe oh we can sponsor them. I was gonna say maybe we can just they should just release their album as a set of poetry instead.
2: Because of the name.
0: but that's also fighting
1: words. <laughs> and you just hear the the snapping. Yeah,
0: no, those are good names. I would love to. to
1: Manny, name. have you ever done slam poetry?
0: Uh no, but I've slammed your mom. No, um, <laughs> I just asked a general question. This is how I've received. God, holy um.
1: shit! i uh, wow.
0: no, I'm in a I'm in a sassy mood right now. Um,
1: no, I I haven't, just I haven't done slam poetry i thought <laughs> no, you would have i'm not in any mean way. <laughs> what happened to us
0: uh i'm just in a i'm in a hyphy mood right now uh i had a i had a nitro I, I, cold
1: brew i asked the question <laughs> i don't know what to say
0: no no, no i I, uh, I have not done slam poetry before i haven't even written a Good slam call. poem yeah. have you
1: no god no I, I just tell shit jokes on stage which in a you way is do, some kind of slam poetry.
0: You should do like a Bo Binum a Bo binum A Bo Burnham spin. <laughs> you should do a Bo Burnham spin esque comedy like comedy special where you just do weird slam poetry that's uh comedy oriented.
1: No. <laughs> I'm not doing that. that. Sounds that sounds like so much work I wouldn't have enjoyed <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's a fair assumption. Uh Okay, so uh so yeah, so my point with Bill Laswell is he's sort of all over the place. Um uh, mm. in a in a very good way. His uh his little music podcast. Yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> Uh I listened to an album called In Dub, and it was an entire al- uh by Bill Laswell, and it was an entire album of just like dub music, like just like straight up reggae styled music, uh that had like Sort of noise elements thrown into it, which I thought was really crazy um and I think that that's a good example of like the type of space he exists in uh He's sort of like a master of sound manipulation, I think all three of them are, but he cool. like really he was really special with his sound
1: um, that's such a badass fucking title, a master of sound manipulation that's fucking rad
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that sounds the- so cool.
0: The further the further into the art world we get, the uh the closer to
1: weird ass special titles we get. Love <laughs> it. T- there was a dude, there was a, a a coworker I had, super cool guy, but like I told him I was in engineering uh, when I was in school, and he was like, Oh yeah, I'm an engineer too. I'm like, Oh, like are you electrical? He goes, I'm an audio engineer. And I was like, No, that's two different things. And he was like, Really? I thought it was the exact same thing. And I was like, you speak from a place of ignorance, so I'm not angry at you, but this hurts me in a court. I don't know why. Like, my pride <laughs> is a little bit hurt. Like, we're doing different things.
0: That's sort of like uh, when someone... So, when I say, like, I, I studied astronomy or astrophysics, and they're like, Oh, so yeah. you, you studied astrology, so, like, Gemini...
1: Oh, yeah, Gemini. and you're like, No, no, stop.
0: <laughs> like, unfortunately, that is not what I studied. It's <laughs> the same, same vibe, I think. <laughs> it definitely
1: feels that way
2: the job search equivalent to that for architects is data architects or it's like <laughs> oh what why no like come on man architecture has been around forever and now <laughs> yeah. now that like you're all into computers and whatnot you can't just like take that word and put like <laughs> it like, makes sense
1: like... but like it definitely fucks up like for engineering an engineer can be so many goddamn different... I've applied to jobs, and they're like... Mm-hmm, we're actually operating trains. And I'm like, no. I'm not qualified <laughs> to do that shit.
0: Yeah, we are... We are literal engineers. Training engineers.
1: <laughs> I'm just like, I just need help. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so... So that's uh, that's the vibe with Bill Laswell. Oh, and the point, I, the point I wanted to make is that I listened to this this uh concert of his another one of his things i started checking out everyone's music and in this concert they had like classical indian musicians doing like tabla playing and uh sitar playing and singing uh they had a dj and a turntable they had (laughs) bill bill laswell with his bass guitar they had like a metal drummer And, like, a whole bunch of different styles. And the crazy thing is that um, I'm pretty sure this was mostly improvised, but they all meshed really well. They were all playing, like, in the same key or whatever, but as you listened, it would sort of, like, jump from, like, genre to genre, like, really quick. You'd be in, like, classical Indian music space, and then suddenly you hear, like, a, a turntable come in with, like, scratching and stuff, and it just, like, It just like takes you out of it completely. New Um, metal style. Yeah, it was very much new metal. I thought of like Incubus when I first heard it.
2: Yeah, as soon as you said turntable, I thought of Incubus. (laughs) Uh,
0: But I also
2: love me some sitar, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. So it was a very interesting space. Uh, So so that's a bill. the interesting thing about about this album is, I think that Bill was sort of like one of the driving forces behind wanting to do the album for the other two. I'm just I'm speculating, sort of, but Bill is sort of like uh, he's been around. He's been around and through the block, as Alexi pointed out. <laughs> so I think that it was a it was a big thing for for Tyshawn and Mike to do it. Because Bill was on the Bill was going to be on the album, um and I can get more into why I think that a little bit later, but I think the hints to that are like some of the some of the tracks on the album very specifically not only feature Bill but are also geared towards styles of music that Bill feels really good about, which is sort of like the meshing of certain genres um
2: i I also kind of notice that. Bill never really jumps in the spotlight in a lot of the songs like he's more mm-hmm. just kind of the driving force that like holds everything together.
0: Yeah. There are some good examples of that. Um a lot of a couple of the the quieter tracks are actually like Bill driving like either like a groove. Yeah.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly like that. Like the groove, like he's not really like showing his prowess as like some like amazing basis. He's just kind of holding a really tight groove and like really the like the actual driving force, but like you wouldn't really know if you weren't like listening deeply. Mm hmm
0: yeah that was definitely the vibe i got um so i so that's why i I think that this album was very catered to to some of bill's space um but but I would be remiss not to talk about the other two because I also think that their personal musical identities filter into why this album works so so well so so Mike Sopko has an interesting life he was a I couldn't find a, a a birth date for him, but I think he's like forty mid forties um he's a guitarist composer improviser, and I think the interesting thing here singer songwriter um Ooh. so he was born in Cleveland ohio uh and he studied jazz slash fusion guitar with a notable guitarist whose name I'm forgetting and didn't write down <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, but even though he, uh, he went down that path, he also has, like, a huge amount of forays into other genre spaces, um, where he is playing guitar. Uh, he, like, does a lot of folk stuff, uh, he does a lot of singer-songwriter stuff, um, and, I guess, most relevant here, he, uh, does a lot of jazz, blues, and, and free improv, uh so like a lot of noise improv stuff um he's played with like a really wide variety of musical acts, uh like he played with Los Lobos, which I think is weird um, which is yeah i'm I actually don't know a lot about los lobos. I'm wondering if either of you do. I just Not know that ton, they're like,,
3: no. it sounds so familiar.
0: they were a really popular. Rock band. I'm pretty sure they did uh they have a really, really famous song. Uh yeah.
2: I know they always get confused with Los Lonely Boys. Yes. They do they, they are different in fact, bands.
0: In fact they are. <laughs> I just looked up uh the song that I thought was from Los Lobos, <laughs> but it was from Los Lonely Boys. So I have just committed a cardinal sin. Um
2: uh, I know more they're... about Los Lonely Boys than Los Lobos. <laughs> 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 I just know that Los Lobos are from LA. I think.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they're they're a rock band, uh, very much just like straight up rock. Um, so that's, I mean, it's cool to see that that Mike can exist in like the rock space. Um, I listened to a, an album off of his Bandcamp that was called Folly. Um, and it is like it is like straight up folk singer songwriter. Just like just that with some interesting like instruments thrown in. But it was a yeah, it was like an hour of just like quirky folk music. And I was like a hundred percent for it. Um <laughs> But I think that where he really, really, really shines is in this type of space. I uh, I was doing a lot of research into his background. And everyone has been saying that he's like, I forget the exact quote and I didn't write it down, but it is equivalent to out of all the people in the scene, he's the one who can actually play sort of Hmm. mentalities. Um, His like technique is astounding. Um, I was like listening to some of his other stuff from like decades ago. uh, And it's just like, i don't even know how to put it like he's like buckethead mixed with like some really really special classical musicians in terms of like his technicality it's just like all the way up there a really really talented guitarist um
2: has he been like involved in like any metal projects or like anything like that because there were like tiny tiny glimpses of like certain progressions he would hit where it's like that kind of sounds a little metal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in fact, your your ear picked up on that. He he does have a metal associated act. They're called Spellcheck.
1: Um, and they're like what a metal fucking name. That's all I can contribute here. When names are good, <laughs> I will mention that they are good. I'm ready. I need I need you here
0: for that because we got some fucking names <laughs> up in here. Um. Yeah, he has a metal. They have a metal group called Spellcheck, but the S is a dollar sign. Um,
1: Never mind, Better name.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're like. a
1: metal. It's, only for, it's only for Kesha or whatever her name is.
0: Yeah, only Kesha can do that because she's white, right? Um, but thank you, Travis Scott. <laughs> Travis Scott he's too, because so he's white. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Scott's my favorite white person alive. Oof, I'm gonna get canceled. <laughs> okay yeah don't release this episode uh so so yeah so mike mike has like uh a wide range of genres that he also exists in uh but i really think he like the thing about him is he he feels really really comfortable in experimental guitar playing space and also songwriter space Uh, he um he has uh one track that I listened to that was sort of like electronic-y which I also thought was interesting. So he's all, sort of all over the place. Um, so so that's Mike, and I think that both of them uh propose a really interesting parallel to to Taishan, because Taishan has a little bit of a different story, um, not too different, but different enough. Um from from mike i should say so tashan was born in 1980 uh his general gist uh it's really hard to put like a a box around this this uh amazing person but uh, he's a drummer percussionist uh multi-instrumentalist he plays like classical trombone uh which is also a weird thing to say i realize that some of may sound weird to some of our listeners uh he's uh he's a composer uh a crazy improviser um and has a couple of scenes that he was sort of active in and also a good guy i should mention that because i know him personally he's a fantastic person um really kind uh i just want to throw that out there in case he ever listens yeah i'm repping you boy uh okay he better
1: better fucking listen at this point
0: I was talking to him yesterday, and I almost told him to listen to this podcast. I almost told him like, hey, I'm going to talk about your album on a podcast. Can I get, like, some words? But it was right before his show, and I didn't want to bother him. So. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: I definitely I want to wait until, like, stuff's released before I tell, like, I definitely want to talk about a certain album because I know the band, mm-hmm. and I want to ask the band to, like, be on an episode to talk about the album. Like, I really do want to but I want to be like, hey, it's going to come out in, like, a year or something. <laughs> like, that's not really worth it.
2: My goal is to get the first episode out, like, this coming week.
1: <laughs> I had so much planned to do this week, and then I was like, hey, you finally have a job interview, and I'm like, I had I was going to record canceled. my own podcast this week, I was going to go running every morning, and, like, none of it happened. It was just, like, mental breakdown after mental breakdown in interviews.
0: Hey, but you're doing well. I hope that I hope that my, my statement ends... <laughs> are ages well. <laughs> I hope that you get the job. I'd <laughs> <That'd> be, really... <laughs> be really sad. <laughs> Every time you listen to it, I... you have to relive the <laughs> relive the trauma.
1: I relive this I re- I give notes in this podcast. Just cut out when I talk uh, this whole episode
0: <laughs> uh Okay so yeah so that's so that's tyshawn's background. He went to school in New Jersey uh uh ended up going to college for classical trombone before he was like fuck this i want to be a jazz drummer uh and like switched to jazz drumming in his undergrad uh and then from yeah i know which is sort of a crazy change but some people do it uh and then from from that point onwards he started after he graduated he started just like gigging as like a jazz drummer in the new jersey new york city area and I uh, played with some people, uh, some some good names for this type of scene or Vijay Ayer, who's a really awesome pianist and a, like contemporary composer who does a lot of jazz stuff. And Steve Lehman, who's also sort of like an experimental jazz person. Um, He developed like a lot of skills in music composition, improvisation and uh, sort of the way that those intersect with like other art and thinking about art in general, sort of like conceptually, like what makes art tick. Um, And uh, his background. So, so after that, he went to Columbia, which is uh, in New York city. And notably it's a very uh, popular school to go to for music composition has like a very long track record. Uh, But while, Oh, that's, that's uh actually before that he went to wesleyan which is where i go uh right now Ooh. yeah yeah so uh for for all of those uh like all of those weirdo music folks out there listening uh wesleyan has like a history of like experimental music um and in particular it had anthony braxton there for a while and anthony braxton is this uh Sort of like legend in the experimental saxophone slash experimental like jazz scene um and improvisation and classical music. he's like one of those uh I, I don't want to say polymath maths because uh he is sort of focused in in music and art in general, but I think if we were to expand the definition of like what a polymath is, he would definitely fit into that category um So Anthony Braxton taught him while he was at Wesleyan. uh, And on top of that, when Tyshawn went to Columbia, he was taught by George Lewis, uh, who is also very much like Anthony Braxton and very much like Tyshawn, in that all three of these people exist in both like the jazz space and like experimental jazz music and also like experimental classical and contemporary classical music. So that's sort of like where Tyshawn came from. It's it's a bit different from Mike and Bill because Taishan has a while while Taishan has like a a lot of um, learned experience from from working in in the scene and making music and being good at at what he does artistically. Um, he also learned a lot by going to these schools by studying with these folks. So there's like a interesting relationship there between between those different forms of knowledge um but yeah so so Tyshawn also exists in a lot of different spaces like jazz free jazz classical um etc and so I think that now now that we have some background on these musicians the thing that really really drove this album home for me was trying to listen for their independent influences on each drum um and i think that uh overall the the so my favorite track i guess this would be a good way to start this my uh my favorite track is the first track um mainly because it has these like blistering drums at the beginning uh that like bring the heat 100 percent And, uh, you know, Tyshawn going really hard, which is very much in his space. Um, And then Mike and Bill joining uh, and sort of doing what they do. But I don't think this album would be that that fantastic or like that that amazing if it just had music like that on it. But the second track of the album, Oracle, uh, is just like the complete complete like flip-flop of that it's just like a rock slash funk track sort of and and that's like the thing that really threw me for a loop a little bit um so yeah I'm, i'm curious as to your thoughts on on like tracks sounds what you're feeling
2: track two is the one i wrote Hot Chili Peppers about because it really gives me like some heavy blood sugar sex magic vibes like <laughs> of can, that era.
1: We can play some,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, we can uh, play yeah. some, dude. Uh, Andres, did you have a favorite section? I can like pull it up and share it.
2: Of uh, Oracle,
0: yeah, yeah. Do you want um, Do you have like a section that exemplifies what you're talking about?
2: It's really just the way that the. In general, the bass line and the um, drums come together. There's a cup There's like two specific songs I'm thinking of, but like the first half of Oracle, I'd say, really gave me some heavy Red Hot Chili Pepper, like late, or I think it's mid '90s vibes. Hmm.
0: Yeah, let's let's check it out. Let's listen to a little.
2: Is that sin? <laughs> also vaguely reminded me of like the maroon five song sunday morning
0: (laughs) (laughs) it does it does remind me of that too way to exit that
2: <laughs> but yeah i mean uh i think it was mainly just the bass and i suppose that gave me a higher opinion on old chad smith strumming <laughs> <But, laughs> uh yeah that that part just vaguely reminded me of red hot chili peppers for some reason probably just because it sounded pretty funky
1: um, um I I I've said it before I I hope this doesn't diminish what I'd say it's just kind of like my big point of reference it totally feels like uh I mean you may have played it no more heroes, uh, more heroes.
0: I I know it and it's on my list to play but you know how that goes I not it's played it
1: it's such it's such like a cool like cel-shaded game and it this totally feels like you're in the main menu and like I, it reminds me of like I just put on the game but I'm like making popcorn and like getting everything said done like the speakers are playing it and i'm like it just gives me like a good mood to like start doing this and i hope that doesn't diminish what they've done to just be like it's video game work because it is I, I hope it doesn't i, I don't know if that's no, no. making sense okay good um and no, it de- but it yeah.
0: definitely makes sense yeah um yeah that i i totally identify with that i mean and the nice thing about this track um is that it starts out like that but then like Four minutes in, like two more minutes, if we had listened to that, mm-hmm. uh, they would have been like really vibing hard and having a little bit more interjection between everyone. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. which is really great. And then a minute and a half later, like five, five fifteen, five thirty, um, Taishan like sort of switches his rhythmic pattern so he's no longer playing the groove. And it sort of just like dissolves into this like free improv sort of space um and uh when i was listening to it i i i couldn't help but remember this like quote in this biopic about james brown <laughs> where uh the uh the character uh james brown the character right <laughs> is uh, <laughs>
2: he was a character <laughs>
1: he was indeed a character <laughs> he uh he says uh something
0: to the equivalent of everything is a drum or like you he he was pointing to like the Mm saxophonist and the trumpet player is like you're a drummer you're a drummer you're a drummer um and and i i think that that was sort of that part of that movie was from my understanding is depicting some of the early birth of funk music um because it was right around that time so i think it's very fitting that that like popped into my head here because this is so funk oriented it's like yeah such a such a crazy funk track um and it also made me think about how like taishan uh and and i think i think this is true in the broader like free improvisation slash like noise improvisation scene uh but taishan as a drummer Really drove what everyone else was feeling and vibing and doing, because once mm. Tyshawn let go of the the drumming pattern, like Bill let go of his groove, uh, and Mike just got a little bit more crazier with his guitar playing, um, and it and it really did turn into like a a noisy section. Uh, but yeah, I love this track so much. It's a it's very to listen to an album that has someone like Tyshawn and mike Sopko on it uh and then hear this track especially the beginning of this track where it's like just a funk groove it sort of blew my mind a little bit because like there's uh, <laughs> there is this expectation in some of these scenes to like be out there and to make like noise music to do these types of things um and just recently, have we started really embracing things like singer-songwriters in these special improv spaces and
3: whatnot? Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh so to hear this and to hear these three folks doing it, like these three masters of their craft, really hitting it hard and deciding to do like four minutes of a funk track, <laughs> I was, uh I was pretty, I was pretty into it. Um, and I think that that, yeah, that's what makes this album really special to me. Is like this juxtaposition. Um but yeah I think I think the interesting thing you said Andres earlier was that there sort of feels like there are these two sets of tracks. Um it feels like the first two are sort of their unit and then the last three are their unit.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I like I
1: parts of JoJo if you will <laughs> <laughs> full circle full circle.
0: Full circle folks uh, yeah it, that's how it felt to me too, and when I was re-listening to this album for a couple of uh a couple of times over over the last two days, I had a really tough time distinguishing some of these the last three tracks from each other. If I wasn't using like my super musical head, like if I wasn't doing some analysis, but instead just listening to the overall aesthetic and vibe of it they felt really similar um yeah yeah and, I, and that's not a bad thing by any sense of the word bad but, mm. but i i think that there's also an expectation of like a variety in like free improvisation as well um so it so it was also again nice to like really have this thing that I'm sure all three of them really just wanted to do without a lot of expectation behind it. Um. Yeah, there was, there was one track off of the album that I thought was really special Um, from all five of them. And I think it's because it was the most like, it was the oddest thing to hear on on an album that has like some heavy noise people on it. And I think it was Parascience uh which is the third track on the album.
2: I uh, think that was my favorite one when I was listening back to it again today. It feels like the most it feels like it goes a lot of places and then just kind of ends. Like I wrote down that it feels like uh that the drums feel like a storm kind of like you're being surrounded by like cool. clouds and rain and stuff
1: That's beautiful.
3: Mhm.
0: Yeah, I I had a very similar uh description. I I called it an ocean of ringing and like floating melody and harmony. Yeah. Ocean and storm uh definitely like captured it. I think the thing that that really stood out to me for this track was bill so there was like a a melody and harmony in it which you know we haven't really heard like sort of spacious like chordal melodies by anyone yet in this album um but bill the bassist is the one that's sort of uh presenting these melodies and harmonies and is sort of doing like what sort of sounds like a chordal harmonies on his bass, uh, pretty high up, in uh mm-hmm. on, in its range, and I thought it was like such a beautiful change of pace, uh, from especially from the first track where it's like just so hard hitting, and then you get to the third track, which is the one we're talking about now, and it's suddenly mm-hmm. like a very quiet ambient track. Um so I thought that that was great. Uh and and I actually I also think that Mike uh Mike's playing, the guitarist playing on this track, is also probably his most impressive, even though it's like very quiet and very sparse. If you listen back mm-hmm. to to it, he's like getting such a range of sound in his playing here, and is sort of like Having he has like these really fragile yet very aggressive um sounds in his playing that mm. i I really just enjoyed in fact i'm I'm gonna try to find them uh and i'll I'll play them for us because I thought they were very beautiful. They pull up the spotty again,
2: yeah, at a certain point, I was trying to figure out like what his setup is is very (laughs) good time just like the effects lineup
0: i think the funny thing about this is i'm pretty sure bill has more pedals than mike on this album i could
2: see that for sure
0: but i'm I'm, i know because i get what you're saying and i was also thinking about that for for mike but i'm pretty sure bill has like even more pedals
2: (laughs) no yeah i mean the i feel like the I the fact that I could actually like kind of guess what pedals Mike has where was like the show that he probably doesn't have a ton of pedals, (laughs) whereas like Bill's like hitting. Thundercat levels of bass tone where it's just like, bro, I don't know what's going on here. Like, how do you get how do you get this noise coming from a bass?
0: Yeah, it was uh it was so crazy to like listen to the wide range of uh timbres and sounds that they had coming from mm. from both of their instruments. And same thing with taishan I think I think I'm desensitized to like taishan's playing because I've been around it a little bit but taishan is like his drumming like we described at the beginning has like such a wide range of of uh space that it can be in um Mm. which is why i think it's so funny that like he's hitting like these like funk like straight ahead drumming (laughs) grooves uh it's like it's the opposite of what i normally hear him play so it's very nice to hear it um So let me pull up this section of Parascience.
2: I was kind of noticing that like each song really feels like it's like somebody or one of them takes the flag and just like starts really moving forward with it at some point. And like each one of them really highlights a lot of their talent specifically. And I think third song parascience was definitely one where tyshawn really grabs the flag and runs with it
0: yeah that's definitely the vibe i got too and it was uh it was great because it's also one of the quietest tracks on the album uh yeah. so it's always great when like a, a percussionist or a drummer can can really utilize their the space in their instrument and not just like bang it out but instead like be very hit symbols in such a way that they're like there's a delicate decay of the sound so this is this is the section that i uh I feel things start to take off a little bit, and then you get to hear more of Mike's playing, which i uh I really appreciated on this track.
2: So he had to have like something like kind of like a slider going on, right? To get those tones.
0: I'm I'm pretty sure he did. Um, The interesting thing is I'm pretty sure that for all tracks except one, nothing of his playing is looped. So like he is Hmm. very, he's getting a shit ton of sound for having just two hands working the instrument um yeah
3: definitely
0: yeah i definitely feel like he had a slider i I, that's that's my guess is he had some like metal slide that he was using there i don't know
2: or just like sticking a bottle on the (laughs) fretboard (laughs) i mean uh, that's also
0: very likely in this scenario
2: (laughs) but like there's i think i wrote it down in my notes but there's like a moment in the section you played that really reminds me of like okay computer uh radiohead like Mm. specifically the song climbing up the walls i think (laughs) but yeah i the guitar playing is i spent a lot of time trying to figure out exactly how he was getting the noise he was getting and didn't really come up with anything but
0: (laughs) that's the i mean that's also a funny thing about this type of music and like the people who make it is uh even as a saxophonist when i listen to other saxophonists play people are so wildly different and like they're getting such different sounds that i oftentimes am spending half of the time i'm listening to them thinking about do I do is there any way that I can make this sound on my instrument and like how do I make it uh so much so that I've asked some of them like oh like what are you doing here like how can I like learn what this is um, so I vibe with that 100% can
1: we, can we pause real quick yeah yeah go for it um I was looking up some stuff because I really have no idea what the fuck you guys are talking about
0: yeah. Well so, I mean there's no shame in it. What are you finding
1: as you're reading? Um it's really I'm just like trying to find like like, like I have no idea how the fuck pedals work at all. Mm. Like I have no idea and like I've always been like intrigued but like in my head I don't know man. I just get I get so lost.
2: Just a primer on pedals, you really in this album and many other guitar Album based albums if it goes from just like and a clean tone is what they call it just like it's only the guitar and then it gets real distorted like typical hard rock usually to accomplish that maybe not in the recorded set like recorded space because you can just add effects on later but like to do it live for certain there's usually a pedal there Mm. so say you're like just strumming and then you press it and then start and then it hits the distorted tone
3: Mm.
1: that's the pedal causing that got it okay okay Mm. yeah
2: and they really just like add a bunch of effects there's plenty of different ways to create plenty of different tones
3: and you have
2: mm-hmm. guitarists that almost exclusively focus on like pedals and their possibilities to create different noises. Uh, Mike doesn't sound like one of those <laughs> guitars at all. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like when you get into genres like Shoegaze and stuff like that. That's that's mm-hmm. more just like entire like shoegaze and post punk are almost all entirely messing with pedals and just finding different ways to make noises out of the guitar with just the simplest like playing ever.
1: Mm-hmm. Shoegaze isn't a great name for the genre.
0: Too. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely is. Uh, also, Alex, you're familiar with, like, uh, electrical flow, right? Through a system.
1: Yeah, that that's like waves and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I have, like, I, I should have more knowledge on it, but that was definitely what I thought it did kind of also. Uh, again, I just kind of like, I have, like, vague associations, but, like, it's something I never really try to wrap my head around.
0: Yeah. So if you can imagine how, like, electrical... Uh, current can flow from component to component down a chain of of things. That's exactly what's happening with pedals, um, mm. and so the electric the the signal from the guitar gets manipulated at each stage um, through like a pedal board, and the end result is mm. is the sound you hear. So you could have like a distortion pedal before a reverb pedal and get like this distorted reverb-y sound. Um, cool. Yeah, stuff like that.
2: Um, I had a pedal board set up, I would do a prop moment right now. But I oh, damn <laughs> <so>. it.
0: <laughs> We're missing out.
1: Thanks for the, the, I don't know, this this is definitely stuff like I always want to know, but, and usually I have no problem acting like the dumb kid in the group, but I'm just like, yeah, I don't know, man, this is like a, a deep, deep music knowledge, and I'm just like, I mean, I no, could that's do okay. a little tipsy for this.
2: I'm a little tipsy for this. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't
2: know if I can... <laughs> I could do an example of like what a slide sounds like on a guitar. Yeah, I have a slide whistle. Let's do the prop prop moment. So that's what it sounds like normally. This is a drop D, so I'll avoid the (laughs) top E string. And so, whoa. SpongeBob! Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But you can also. I have a child. You can also get like some weird tones. Like, Like, depending on how much pressure you put on, you can get a lot of different tones.
1: Mm -hmm. Cool. Now I
0: know. Yeah, so we think that that's what was happening, and that snippet we listened to about an hour and a half ago, <laughs> really just like five ten minutes ago, but yeah. eight years ago. So that was our prop of the day. It was the slide guitar with a what was that like an Arizona bottle or something?
2: Uh, it's a Coffee. Starbucks cold brew, oh. uh, not cold brew, cold and crafted. <laughs>
1: We sponsored
2: by Starbucks, yeah. bro. I wish. Now we are. If I could just, I mean, if I could just save money on coffee and they only give <laughs> us free coffee, I'd be ecstatic.
0: That would be the way to. That would be the move. I,
2: the <laughs> I'd be a millionaire by thirty.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So.
0: So those are uh those sounds are pretty common in this type of thing but yeah and and alexi i want to address something i music can be enjoyed on like a variety of levels you know so like even just like Mm -hmm. even just um having a reaction to something is is interesting and valuable in its own way like even if it's just like a mood thing
1: uh i definitely agree with that i agree with that a lot yeah we've had this thing of like we always you and I parallel comedy and music a lot like you can experience dumb humor and that's the same to me as this like long 10 minutes set up for a joke just for a punchline it's all the same to me like <laughs> you can experience different things and all are valid in a way so yeah I agree
0: yeah yeah and I, I think that that's also since I'm we're playing some insider baseball here with uh with this type of music uh uh that's something that the scene has a, a lot of problems with like is being very restricting in terms of aesthetic uh preferences and the way you think about music um so it's really refreshing to just have a space that you can just listen to something and be like that made me feel uh happier that made me feel anxious or that made me feel sad Mm -hmm. right because because honestly like we do that with so much other media we do that with uh anime for example like we're not always we're mm-hmm. not always picking apart the storytelling of a particular anime and we're not always looking at specifically how the animation worked from from this scene to this scene or how this scene this part of this frame was c g and then the rest was hand drawn like we're not always picking apart mm-hmm. apart those things so I think that that's something that music, especially with musicians who are who are both an immense enjoyers of the craft but also a lot of the time gatekeeping themselves and others uh that's something yeah that's something that we forget is like we really just need to be open to every kind of experience to to art and music um so so in that way uh i think that everything you said earlier was really great um the I'm I'm really curious as to how you how you felt it made you more productive, uh, Alexi. What was it? What was uh, it doing
3: it, for it, you? I, I'll, it's a thing of like, um, you you definitely I
1: my uh you let your mind wander type situation.
3: Mm.
1: Like you know, like you think of A and then you go to B and then you go to the triangle and then you go to the dog and then you go to the circle and then you're at C again. And you go back to A and you go over to A like all like that's how mind mind tracks things mm. and uh. Particularly, I I go and do, I do, like, yard work around the house. Um, And so I went and I was just like, I'm going to do this, listen to the album at the same time. And, like, I was basically, usually what takes me, like, two and a half hours, took me only like an hour, just because I was working and able to, like, listen. I did feel bad because it was my only, like, listen through of the album in one space as a whole, Mm -hmm. um, was that time, where I was, like, using it as both listening device and a distraction device. But then also like there would be moments where like I knew I went back. I, I like for like a minute I was just kinda of, like focusing on like cleaning up this area of my house, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And so I was just like but but it it's it's weird because it is improv and it isn't as much as there is a story being told through the music, that you can jump in at any time and a different thing could be being said type situation like i didn't every second is important but i didn't feel like i needed every second i didn't feel like as like again i don't want to sound like rude but like that's how it came off of like i can jump in and something interesting is going to happen at every point in time
0: yeah yeah i don't think it sounds rude at all i think that that's actually like a really refreshing way to view this (laughs) uh Mm -hmm. because again like they're so i think that this is something I'd like to to get a point across about is which I think I've already sort of done it, but experimental music, and I would say that this falls into experimental music uh just based on the way we view society views music um in this day and age uh a lot of the time there's there's a lot of pretentious elements to it, um at least as as mm. when you view it. Viewing it from an as an outsider like an outsider perspective, there's this huge disconnect, right and I think that yeah, I think that the way that that you have been talking about and framing it for yourself when you were doing all these house chores um really is really refreshing because we need that type of like engagement like a lot of the times when people listen to music uh from these types of scenes, what's happening is people are like listening intently and like trying to understand and trying to engage with it on like an intellectual level and sometimes Mm -hmm. sometimes just a vibing level too um but there and and i want to i want to say by this is just my impression of everything right like i can only speak for myself but from what i understand uh and, and at least to me it seems like there's not a lot of like just being able to appreciate things for what they are in the moment mm-hmm. sort of like low level. Lo- I wouldn't, I wouldn't say low level, but like, uh, in an introductory sort of like space to just, to just, to just have an opinion. Right. Like, yeah. Cause, cause then people are like, Oh, well, like how could you say that? Not every second is, is, uh, needed to be listened to. It's amazing. Blah, blah, blah yeah yeah but but in reality i mean what is it but just a bunch of sounds it's just like a bunch of pulses in in Mm -hmm. air, um and and i know that this might sound like very hypocritical coming from me but but i it really is just like sound it's just physics it's just like space existing uh so Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i think it's great that you got to engage with it what so having engaged with this sort of thing was it your first time alexia listening to this kind of music
1: yeah i think definitely for sure um i've realized more and more as i grow up music i i i talk about this with some people uh, some some of my friends um i like music i don't love music uh, i like listening to music but i never really go out of my way to find more at times i I let like music comes into my life and i'll just be like yeah save that add it to my playlist i'll listen to it a 100 times next week and that's it i just play the same songs over and over again so like seeing people like andres makes a monthly playlist mine would be the same 10 songs taking out one or two like i don't really do all like no try different music um so from that point of view i listen to just a lot of like actual play podcasts which is again long serialized content like i think they're about to hit episode they're on the march 300 for this one podcast Like i like and it is just every minute kind of needs to happen mm-hmm. and you can go and like kind of just like in this 50 episodes this happens but it's still like the journey is important which is why it's so i do like this refreshing aspect of like different experiences of music just existing in smaller moments in time so yeah, this is the a first for me for sure. Um, besides listening to like your stuff, but even then, this feels so drawn out. Not not drawn out. So different from your stuff in a way of like yours. It, it, I think it's easy to say, right? Yours is so it feels very removed from from what we just listened to in this episode. Yeah, of. I would one
0: hundred percent agree with that for sure. Um, and it's interesting you bring up the podcast thing, uh, Andres. I'm I'm also going to ask the same question to you. So prep your prep your answer, boy. About how <laughs> his reaction was golden. Uh you couldn't see him.
1: Oh, that was uh body uh <laughs> that was physical comedy on the podcast. It happens a lot. Uh it's much funnier if you were here, audience. If you were here, this conversation would be much funnier, I swear. Yeah,
0: yeah, you'd be calling all uh me sort of crazy.
1: Um the
0: uh <laughs> the oh, what was I gonna say? Fuck. Oh, it's interesting you mentioned the podcast thing about like how you just because uh, all three of us know that you listen to a lot of podcasts. Now the audience knows you listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, the interesting thing that I learned about Taishan is that Taishan only listens to things, sort of like when he's driving from place to place, and he mm-hmm. only listens to podcasts. He doesn't listen to music at all. No music. <laughs> Whoa. That's wild. It is very wild.
2: I've I've heard that quite a bit like especially in the emo scene there's a lot of jokes where it's like if you listen to emo music and make it you're probably a psychopath or something like that. Like, <laughs>
3: yeah. It's it's, it's mainly
2: it's... a joke because you can't really get around like just listening to your contemporaries based on how gigs work but <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm
0: it's a yeah it's it's that that kind of discussion is actually pretty common um i've I've talked to a little
1: really i mean it makes sense that makes a lot of sense in my opinion yeah
0: yeah i i don't know like do you Let let me i guess let me put it this way are you like always binging comedy
1: um i always binge actual play podcasts i have like one uh network i listen to a lot and. I just played D&D on Friday, and I haven't wanted to listen to it since. So I don't know if I use that to fill in that void, like, when I want to play, but I can't play. Mm. But I do, to, I mean, I used to listen to, like, a lot of comedy podcasts, and then I kind of just dropped the whole scene as a whole, because it was just kind of like, it goes from just being funny and talking about how jokes and, like, stories about the road, to, like, weird drama that doesn't need to really be happening and like feels kind of a uh, made up not made what's the word i'm looking for fabricated mm. uh at times where like this person's doing the and like some people do like a play-in on it and it's just like this mm. is too much feels like speculative and it felt like the, yeah it felt like that they had like a whole like universe of like yeah this this podcast, this part. you'll notice these two. and it was just like this is too much so like i only really listened to and then I I listened to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, which I really enjoy. But like he has he interviews and it's just he's talking with people and it's it really is focused only on the comedy and that's what I like most about that mm-hmm. one. While other ones kind of felt like it became about drama or like the same conversation would happen a dozen times, like, Oh, I like this guest, I'm gonna listen to him on here and then he says the same story. Or I like her and she says the same story. It's like even myself, I like meeting new people because then I can bring out my best bits <laughs> to them. Like, oh, here's this story I've told that it gets left Here's this story that calls and gets left So, like, I understand it, but yeah, I, I that's to that answer your question. I think it does. I don't know.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a lot of that. Um, I've I've heard a lot of artists say that they don't like engaging with their craft when they're like in the thick of it. Oh my god, I I said I said in the thick of it, but because I made a TikTok recently. I know that that into the thick of it fucking meme is
1: destroying my feed. I'm oh now you are talking about. Uh, I'm not part of your younger generation, Manny. Being two <laughs> months younger than me, can you please explain all meme references?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, there's this like backyardigans.
1: Song. No, we're not. We're skipping this.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> it's either backyardigans
1: or like the rescue pets, but. I've never noticed those Backyardigans until you said it. I, I used to watch Backyardigans with my sister all the time, so I know exactly what the fuck you're talking about. If
0: if, if the audience knows about this and has contributed to this, I hate you with a passion. <laughs> I have uh, no
2: idea what you're talking about, and that's fine.
0: Thank God. Do not look it up on... <laughs> it will destroy your life. Uh, not because it's funny, but because it's sort of a catchy song, and uh, it's, yeah. it's repetitive. Yep it's that's the worst part about um okay all meme hating aside uh when artists are very engaged with their craft and in the middle of it uh they are I've, i've heard a lot of them say that they just like can't digest the same content um that they'll like turn to other things and i think it sort of makes sense it's like if you were to go yeah if you were to go and for like nine hours a day uh study anime study it not not watch it for enjoyment but study it and then you come home from your office or school or whatever and you're like sitting there and you want to do something you're probably not going to go watch an episode of uh an anime right
1: what's that thing uh the shoemaker's kids don't have shoes or whatever (laughs) <laughs> Where like he works all day making shoes, and he just like I don't want fucking like, or he like he can't afford but it. Go to me, it two ways: one, he's done making shoes for the day; he doesn't give a fuck anymore about these people. <laughs> or two, he's worked to the bone making shoes for other people to make ends meet for his kids. They can't even make kids like shoes for him. I like the latter. And I was like, oh, I sad. like the latter. The interpret- latter one is definitely much more real.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very capitalist, anti-capitalist.
2: <laughs> this really feeds into. The earlier conversation about architecture, it's like I don't want to go home yeah. and, and think about architecture. <laughs> I work at this shit like eight hours a day, sometimes nine
0: <laughs> yeah it it can be brutal, so so I get it um but yeah, so so asking you the same question, andres, uh is this like your first time engaging with this kind of music? like what were your thoughts? What is what what kind of impression has it left upon you and what kind of experience did you have
2: Um I don't know if it's my first time Uh I mean I've listened to your improv stuff of listened to post rock plenty and that's <laughs> a little similar um, mm-hmm. like uh, I definitely went in having experience with like instrumental music, if that makes sense. I don't mm-hmm. think I've quite listened to anything like quite as jazzy. I guess maybe I don't really know the way mm-hmm. to describe it, but like I've <laughs> I a while ago i attempted to listen to bitches brew by miles davis but (laughs) that's that's probably like the closest i've gotten to listening to something like this i suppose
0: that's a very uh interesting i mean it's very close to to some of what some of what we heard i'll get crucified for saying that but i think it's close so
2: yeah i mean it is but isn't at all so yeah exactly uh so yeah, I mean I guess I'm vaguely familiar with things that are related to this, but not that familiar with like whatever genre this falls into proper. Mm-hmm. And I forget what other parts of the question there were. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, what sort of what sort of like uh impression has it left upon you like now that you've listened to it? Like what what's your outlook looking like? Big changes, no changes? Did
2: you hate it? Did um, you like
1: it? Like what are you feeling?
2: I really liked it.
1: You know the guy personally? None of us are going to say we fucking You hate should. You should that, right? say you don't like <laughs> he,
0: he he would want okay. he would if you didn't like it, he would want you to say you don't like it. I'm going to be real here. <laughs> no. Uh
2: I actually did really like it though. No no lies, no cap, bro. <laughs> Uh, I think I was just, there's enough touchstones for things that I did like and am very familiar with where I could really grasp onto this piece of work specifically. I'm not sure exactly how often I'll seek out music like this because If I'm being honest, just in general, I've been kind of burnt on listening to music (laughs) recently, uh, which is probably why my monthly playlist for this month is going to have like at least five replacements songs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You've been on that replacement grind, the replacements grind.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, The comfort. Yeah. But I feel a lot more confident coming into more experimental music after listening to this, I'd say, just because it kind of goes to show that just because it's experimental and capital E, Mm -hmm. add all your quote-unquotes to it if you want, (laughs) uh, (laughs) doesn't mean that it's disconnected from more popular culture like Mm -hmm. or more recognizable music sounds uh it yeah i mean it doesn't feel so intimidating to go into something described as experimental having this as a backing and i'm sure there's a lot of like people who knowingly going into recording music like this saying they don't want to have any touchstones like that and purposely kind of gatekeeping people Mm -hmm. like me from really being able to grasp onto anything Mm -hmm. but i know that there's i now know that there's more stuff out there like this so i i guess it's a good starting point
0: yeah i think that that's sort of my take on this too um yeah i'm I'm just gonna take your take (laughs) no um, uh, uh, (laughs) yeah
2: that's my take on this too hard stop
0: (laughs) (laughs) so so like i i come from some of this right like i studied some of this and blah 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 whatever um the thing that like really really impressed me was just how unabashed it was in and just going for whatever they felt they wanted to do um mm-hmm. like like i keep coming back to oracle because it was such a it was such an odd thing for me to just hear this like funk groove at the beginning um and the, all the other tracks have elements of this too i mean parascience has like this beautiful harmony thing that that bill was doing that sort of feels sort of like fusion-y um mm-hmm. and then incantation which is the second the last is uh sort of like oracle except it's 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 for uh it's, it's for like mike to really dominate the texture um and then equation which for some reason was their most listened to track i'm not sure why um i i I think uh, it's I was,
2: literally because it's the shortest
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a vibe for sure, that's a vibe <laughs> because honestly,
2: uh, it was like when I was listening to it this morning, I was noticing that where the other longer songs kind of normally take off from like that that point in the song. Mm-hmm. equation kind of ends there like it takes off yeah. a little <laughs> bit and then just like fades out like yeah so yeah i thought There's... that was kind of uh an interesting choice to do
3: mm-hmm.
0: there there is some there are some very interesting things in in thinking about stuff like that on on this album um and that's another thing too i think that like this album if if you're like a, a rock person or like a funk person uh there are some entry points into this album that can really like prep you for for having a space to listen to the weirder sh- uh shit in this album right there's like there are some entry points but there's still a lot of depth um and that's one of the reasons i think this album sort of like outshines a lot of other albums in the in the space of music that this exists in um so like i i mean i think it w- it's hard for me to find other albums like this um so like will i listen to more of this sort of stuff yeah if i can find it um and i know it exists <laughs> it's just hard <laughs> uh but uh oh and one thing that we never answered that i think is also an interesting thing to end on is this album has elements of free improv like improvisation which you heard but there are also like collective compositional sections where like you can tell that like this was agreed upon before a little bit Mm. um and and sometimes it takes a little bit of an ear to hear that but but i also think that the the willingness to sort of incorporate all of these different angles is really refreshing. Um too because oftentimes you'll just get like the straight ahead like these are all compositions, but they have like improv in them. And sometimes so like they're all written out and agreed upon, but there are like sections for improvising. And then you'll also get like the purely improvised album where like everything is chaotic and spontaneous. Um but to really have something that not only plays to to those precedents, but also leans into the specialties of each one of the musicians, uh, is what I think is like really special about it to me.
1: Um, so yeah, I I have a question. Yeah, go for it. Um, are these three because the on Spotify they're just listed by like their three names. Like this isn't a band. Is this just like a do you know if it's like a one-off thing? Is it just like, yeah, like we want to work together, we're gonna to make an album, and we're just gonna master it, and that's it. Like, mm. is there a future for these guys? Is is this kind of what happens in the scene of like, yeah, like A, B, and C meet up, and then next week's gonna be A, H, and W, like, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: Uh, a little bit of both happen, but definitely the latter is both the case for for this group and also what normally happens. Um mm. a lot of the time musicians will just get together and collaborate. Um but but that's really cool. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's great. But sometimes uh groups will form. Um like uh for example uh Taishan has uh a couple of uh he has both an album and also more work uh with this group I'm about to explain but it's him and two other more uh traditional jazz musicians um and they have a group uh but it's sort of like it's a group only because they have like a bunch of gigs set up together and they have multiple albums out Mm. together but it still has like their independent names so interesting yeah there's very interesting yeah there's a lot of that in here so uh yeah i think the way that i would lean into that sort of space um in talking about this album is like it really is a meeting of three different very unique individuals that uh sort of uh meet on common ground to make
1: some music together. Wow. Beautiful. Loved it. Yep. <laughs> that was so good. And uh yeah and this is it everybody. This is Peak Podcast. Everyone
0: should go listen to more of each of their individual stuff because uh they're great musicians and uh Support them, buy their buy their stuff because uh, no one makes any money doing this. <laughs> be real. <laughs> so, uh,
1: are you gonna Are you gonna try to record something with them or no? Uh, I actually with like your friend. The I'm sorry. His name I keep it's something. Hi, uh, Sean, sorry. hi
0: yeah. Hi Sean? hi, Sean. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, hi, Sean. Okay. Uh, Do you think you'll ask him to be like, let's make something?
0: Yeah, I actually got asked to play on something of his um, last a week a week or two ago very spontaneously like day of uh so i did it is
2: that the recording you're talking about
3: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i got i got called in to do a recording session of his and it ended up being like hey do you have your instrument here and i was like yeah i do and uh and i played on it as well that's what's up
3: rad yeah yeah so
0: it's it's great stuff uh yeah and i uh i mean i doubt I doubt he's ever going to listen to this podcast, so I'm just going to say, I don't think I'm getting paid for it. But He doesn't say anything
1: <laughs> else, but I think you could totally. He's going to do it. What would not he? <laughs>
0: yeah, I hope he listens. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, you don't get paid for a lot of this stuff. So go support them. Go buy their album. Go to their shows. Uh, they each have, like, still have crazy shows. So go support them. They're great people. Um, and, yeah, that's uh, that's basically everything I wanted to talk about up for the album. Uh, there are a lot of great a lot of great tracks I think to talk about the details of any one of them would take like hours so uh, so I think I'll save that for
2: sure so we're doing another silent voice episode let's go <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
2: I'll just end end my opinion on it with my first note I wrote here I, this is what I imagine King Crimson would sound like if they had the knowledge of the grunge era <laughs> of the 90s ah,
0: that's such a good description of them that's so that's so on point It's very specific do you have any uh, final thoughts Alexi? Uh,
2: I don't know who
1: King Crimson is is
2: my final thought then um, you no, have uh, finished Jojo Damn. No, um, <laughs> it was me, Dio. Um,
1: yeah, I, I, I think um, I liked f- listening to this. I think it was very, uh, a unique experience for me. But I don't know if I'll go back again. I'm not a person who likes music and, and to fulfill my whole thing. I'm always just in random podcasts, people rolling dice, and it's dumb bullshit. <laughs> but I liked what it was, and if this k- week was much more chaotic, I'm sure I would have given it a few more listens.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah sweet um so I guess that leads us to uh alexi oh no Andreas. andres andres uh, where I'm going backwards it's
2: <laughs> Ooh, it's me all right. Uh. I want to make a joke, but it's not accurate. I'm still going to do it. We're going from Tyshawn Sori to Tyshawn Jones, even though he's not in the video. I'm going to (laughs) recommend but Tyshawn Jones is a pro skater. We're watching a skate full length movie, which is actually just 45 minutes. That's fresh. So uh, is Tony Hawk in it? No. Although if there were any skate, Videos I would recommend he is in one of them. <laughs> uh,
1: who was it? Eric Coston who is in. You play him in Skate Two, and it's like unbelievably hard and like unfair because he's just so fucking good.
2: Er, the skate game of skate against Eric Coston and Mike Carroll. None of them fucking like miss they never a trick. So you need to like pull some shit out of your ass. Like
1: you need to like basically cheat the game so they can like you can perform it, but they can't.
2: You need to be able to do 540s to actually win that. And (laughs) and their characters just like glitch out once you do that. Like they just like (laughs) like you're doing it off a jump ramp and they just like ride up the jump ramp and ride off like when you do a five (laughs) forty.
1: I was so upset when they fucking did that. I was so glad I wasn't the only one too because that's like a universal experience. <laughs> I've heard of it being just such bullshit
2: okay Ugh. but uh, yeah, just like I'll do a little bit of background just before the get into watching it. uh I love skate culture i'm would I struggle to call myself a skateboarder at all just because I only really know how to push. <laughs> uh, but one thing I do know, speaking of podcasts, is I one of my favorite podcasts is Escape Podcast. So um I have some knowledge of the sport, action, art. I don't really know what you'd call it. All the uh, above. It's in the Olympics, but there's like a huge subsect of the skating community that hates that (laughs) because it doesn't (laughs) capture what skating is actually about so yeah the skate video i'm going to recommend is kind of a little bit of everything i love about skating it's called Mm -hmm. bag of suck by enjoy
1: a great fucking name
2: um it has it's from 2006 and uh the enjoy camp is always very known for like being pretty goofy just but there's also a ton of like really impressive and technically impressive skating in the video also on top of just a really good soundtrack to each part which is the Honestly, probably the most important part of skate videos is the soundtrack because that's what really grabs you. And Mm -hmm. it's really the skate video is really an art of combining footage in a way that makes it interesting on top Mm -hmm. of the job of the skaters to get clips that last like or that take probably hours to record sometimes that only mm-hmm. last like five seconds so yeah lasting yeah. three minutes and just kind of trying to stack as many clips as possible uh i'll get so more it's into, so like, cool
0: <laughs> it's so rad i'm hyped for it I, as someone as someone who doesn't engage with skating a lot i'm super hyped
3: yeah,
2: same. Yeah, I'll get more into it uh, just as a primer for actually watching it. You really don't need to watch it all in one sitting. Skate videos are really organized in parts. So like typically it goes, or at least for this video, it goes intro, skater part, skater part, skater part, friends section, which is just kind of like a bunch of footage that the person who filmed it and then three more skater parts so you can really watch it based on how you feel um this this video specifically is one of my favorites so i could probably watch it all in one sitting but uh if i'm being honest i find it hard to i find it hard to have the attention span to watch like a full 45 minutes of skating. So uh, don't feel bad if you need to take a break or anything. It's kind of meant to be like that.
1: Um, so I Googled bag of suck to see if I could find it real quick. Um, and I got to the online slangdictionary.com. Uh, bag of suck, noun, something displeasing. Uh, that party was one big bag of suck <laughs> submitted in. 2010 so uh <laughs> real good <laughs> um is is there mul- there's I'm seeing two here uh seeing Louis Barletta sorry if I'm messing up your name and Jerry Seuss HSU yeah those are two
2: um, uh, parts in the video those are the like, Oh okay 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 those are the most like famous parts to come out of it and also I have a story that Manny was a part of <laughs> <laughs> where i saw jerry sue and like at something we went to and like legit yeah. like started fanning fanning out and couldn't go up to Did him you say? no i couldn't like oh my god
3: <laughs> you have to
2: i couldn't i'll, I'll explain yeah, it more but um i'll it's on youtube uh i'll also send you guys a. Uh, "Quote unquote YouTube link where it's a higher quality. Oh, uh, thank you
0: for that. Uh, "Quote unquote YouTube link.
2: You didn't hear it from me, but if you use Bing, you can find higher quality, uh, <laughs> exactly, higher exactly. quality <laughs> video uh, files. Yeah, we'll watch that for next episode
0: i'm a, I'm afraid that uh by the time I get through next episode, I'm gonna be binging skate videos, like absolutely binging it, them
2: They're so fun It's a lot of fun, uh yeah, I know that a lot of people's reference for skate culture is just Jackass and Tony Hawk <laughs> 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 uh this has this has no real part to it but i mean i i tried to i was between two videos one of them is very kind of like jackass influenced but it also (laughs) it also kind of drags a little bit in my opinion Mm. whereas i just wanted to go with my favorite and see test the waters to see how well an episode would go so uh yeah i i love this video it's i i was also part of the reason why i chose it is because i've only been choosing depressing things <laughs> 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 so i decided to go with some comfort food that i would watch in college when i wasn't feeling great so
0: <laughs> it's okay my next one Minusons will do- be developing. my next one will be depressing so
1: I got you. I swear to God, if what you recommended is what you mentioned the other day, I'm gonna get right uh, uh uh it will it it will be the audience is
0: in <laughs> for a, <laughs> the audience is in for a treat three episodes from now
1: <laughs>
0: oh, a <laughs> that was great. Uh, go listen to weird shit. let's do some plugs. uh follow us on socials at Pod wherever you can find a social.
3: <laughs>
0: I think we're on what? We're on, we're on Twitter, stuff. Facebook. Are we on Facebook
1: yes.
2: yet? I made a Facebook. I don't know how to do Facebook because it's been like it's, two years. It's since. a
1: placeholder. We will not be using Facebook. Yeah. It's just there way. So no one else takes it. It's it, been two be years like...
2: since I've like... And it's been way over two years now that I think about it since I like just full-on deactivated my facebook so <laughs> and it's been I, even I longer since i actually used it so
1: i'm now the official first follower of sus pod named Susman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: uh we're on twitter facebook uh hopefully you reserved instagram because that'll be a good platform uh after i just made my tiktok i'm gonna say we should do a sus pod tiktok and it'll be awful it'll be absolutely awful and everyone will hate it, but at least we can be a little ignorant there. It'll be good. We'll get canceled on TikTok, and it'll be a good thing.
1: That's cool. Oh, I'm going to ignore what you just said and just plug in. Um, go. Uh, you need eight hugs a day for emotional stability, and I think you need 12 for emotional growth. So make sure you're doing eight hugs a day. Uh, anyone you want, don't be sad. Don't watch sad things.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: fuck you guys. <laughs>
0: if uh if alexi still is looking for a job by the time you listen please give him a job
2: please give me a job that's my plug and uh my plug is go watch sad things if uh, it makes you reflect on yourself and grow as a person (laughs) <laughs> uh, or okay. or you could watch the podcast that i would mention which is called the nine club it's a great skate podcast and you don't need to be a skater to really enjoy it so
1: <laughs> and you don't need to be sad uh, i'll plug in the i'll plug in glass cannon podcast that they they spend they fill at least an hour of my day just about every day so uh, there you go
2: nine club has like three shows now so they feel like yeah. they feel like <laughs> a good six hours of my weeks so. <laughs> i'm
0: gonna plug uh this podcast called the rhythm game podcast it has one episode out but it's by this really popular uh rhythm game youtuber uh go check it out if you like weird shit like os uh and guitar hero and random shit like that you we're done